Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Hi and welcome to today's episode. In the previous episode on the show, I talked about making feelings your friends and discussed how we can help build emotional literacy in our kids. How can we support them through their big emotions? What do we say? What do we do? How do we act? And so I went through various points that I think are very, very helpful in helping our kids feel their feelings and making their feelings their friends, not being scared of their feelings. And to do that, we have to become comfortable with our feelings. We have to invite them in, have them for tea, sit in them, be okay with all of it, to process it. Because to to move through the feelings, we have to feel the feelings. If we deny ourselves the feeling, we're going to stuff it, deny it, dismiss it, push it away, ignore it. And it it will lie in us, it'll fester. And it will just move into the next, uh, the next moment and the next moment and and influence every moment afterwards with this, this um, just this thread or lace of a, an emotion that we've not processed and the feeling we've not allowed ourselves to feel. So at the end of that episode, I started talking about a conversation I had with my eldest son, who will be 19 in a couple of weeks. And it came up totally out of left field. I went down to his room to talk about something uh, the other night and he, out the blue, just said, do you think this is the end? And he laughed. He looked at me and I went, the end of what? What are you talking about? And he went, the end of life as a human being on the planet. And I'm like, no, why? And he goes, mom, this coronavirus, he said, there is now one case in BC. You know that, right? And I said, yeah, I'd I'd heard, but I heard that they basically went from the airport to isolation. And he said, yeah. But he goes, seriously, he said, do you think this could be the end? I said, well, I don't know. I mean, who am I to say, no, it's not, because I don't know what's going to happen in a year. I don't know what's going to happen next week. But it brought up a very real situation. And, you know, my eldest is typically not, he's, you know, we all have a bit of anxiety. We can't function without some. It's normal. But he does not have high anxiety, not by any means. So I wouldn't put him in the anxious category. But him not being in the anxious category helped me see that there'll be kids, anxious kids who are really anxious about this. I know my youngest is more anxious about it because he has higher anxiety than probably average. So we had this conversation and, you know, I, I said to him, so the first thing, again, we're going to go through this, this process. You know, I, I, I didn't dismiss him. I, I validated his feelings. 
you know, I said, are you, are you, how are you feeling about this? He goes, well, I have to say, mom, it's a bit worrying. I said, yeah, it is. You know, I'm a bit worried too. I'd be, I'd be, you know, lying if I said I wasn't worried. So I validated his feelings and I said, you know, oh, I can see that you're a bit worried about it. I didn't realize you were as, as worried as this. And he said, oh, I'm not that worried. I just like it's, I just brought it up. And I said, well, I got, uh, I saw a very interesting post the other day uh, from, it was an official document that I saw on the virus, the coronavirus. It gave a lot of the stats, a lot of the facts. So I went through those facts with them, with him. And I said, you remember SARS? It was, you know, seven years ago. I think it was 2012. You remember H1N1? And he went, yeah. I said, well, relative to those two viruses, what I read would imply that this coronavirus is not as rampant as that was. And the deaths associated with the coronavirus are not as high as the deaths that were associated with the NARS, the SARS and the H1N1. So I went through some facts with him to try and alleviate his worry, right? And I also, the next piece of this is when you're discussing it with your kids, is to say, that, you know, a worry is about something that hasn't happened yet or a worry about something that has but it hasn't, you know, you've had it happen to you before and you're presuming it's going to happen again. But in this moment right now, it hasn't happened. So we need to stay present. And this, you know, I said to him, so right now, right now, there's one case in British Columbia, Canada. And the, the, the health authorities are on it. The person has been put into isolation and they're dealing with it. So I helped him stay present to the present reality because really in the grand scheme of things, one person is pretty, pretty small. I'm not underplaying it, undermining it. So then important for kids that worry is we need to help them understand that there are things we can control and things we can't control. Right? So we can control certain things. In other words, you can do what you can to control and minimize the risk of you getting this virus. So what, what could you do? We can focus right here, right now. We need to keep our hands clean. Don't put your fingers in your mouth. You know, don't, I mean, you, you can take that to, to the extreme. I mean, I've seen photographs of people wandering around Vancouver Airport with those massive water, empty water jugs that sit on those machines that you, dis, you can dispense water. They're walking around the airport with those on their heads. Now, okay, I'm, I, you, can, you can hear the like, ridiculousness in my, the judgment. I take that away. I'm sorry. But, or some people are wandering around with big plastic bags on their heads with a knot at the top. If that's what you choose to do, that's what you choose to do. You have to... Take control of what you can, but recognize there's certain things you can't control, right? So we have to then look at how what has shown us in the past and helped us deal with something like this in the past. 
So we can help our children understand that there's always been viruses like this. Now, yes, the viruses are smart. They mutate. I always say they're just like children. As soon as we, we were on it, they mutate too. Children are like viruses, the behavior. But we have to look at when similar things have happened historically in the past. And what have we done to, 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 to rectify it? What solutions have been, have been made? And we have to then trust, there is an element of trust here, we have to trust that those that can are doing what they can to control it. So at home, we're doing what we can to control it. In the schools, they'll be doing what they can. In the hospitals, they'll be doing what they can. In the airports, they're doing what they can. I came through, I, came through, I flew, I was on an international flight last week, and I actually didn't even notice the the uh, lines on on the customs form it asked us if we had tra- traveled to to china in the last 2 weeks because that's where the outbreak had come from if it, the outbreak had come from switzerland i came in from switzerland so i would have to declare that and i would have to accept okay i've been in a country where something started and my country wants to know where i've been so that i don't bring the virus into another country this is the natural and logical um, conclusion so I was so happy to see that because it helped me trust what they're doing in Canada to try and prevent the spread of a disease and so we have to trust that they've they managed the the SARS virus they managed the H1N1 virus we have to keep it in context I also said to my son that every person who has died of coronavirus has been over the age of 49, I believe. And of all the deaths, they have had underlying disease prior to getting the virus. In other words, their immune system has been compromised and they've picked up this virus. If you are otherwise healthy, you could be exposed to the virus and maybe not get it. So helping our kids understand so, you know, the, the likelihood of them getting it is small. Share the statistics with them. Go through it. Say to them, you know what, there's however many, 35 million people in Canada. And, you know, how many people have got the coronavirus? So what are the chances of you getting it? And, you know, going through these kind of steps and sharing this with your kids might help them. It might help alleviate their worries, right? And it might help them process it to help them stay more calm in this situation. And so take from this what you feel might help. I shared all of this stuff with my son, and I didn't have that many stats at hand, but he felt... You know, I, I said to him, how do you feel now having discussed this? And he goes, mom, I feel much better because it's kind of put it in perspective. And that's the problem with our minds. Our minds will run rampant with things like this. And we'll believe that if we go outside, we're going to get a virus. So we have to watch our minds. We have to watch the story we're telling ourselves. I talked about this in a previous episode in the last couple of weeks about Pay attention to your story. What story are you telling yourself 
about the coronavirus? Is it based on fact? Is it logical? Is it, is it sensible? Or is it fueled by your worry? Because we're all fearful. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't scared a bit. But I have to keep it in context. And, you know, there will always be events in our lives that, that will, could lead us to the point of worrying beyond all logic and beyond all reason. So we have to be able to stay present. We have to say, in this moment, I'm safe. In this moment, there's not a saber-toothed tiger. In this moment, I'm not in a room with someone who has the coronavirus. In this moment, I am fit and healthy and my immune system is not compromised. So stay here. And if you can get your kids into that space, they'll feel safe in that space. Then you will have calmed their limbic, their amygdala down, the the fight, flight or freeze, that survival mode, that the, the alarm center down, you'll calm it down. And then you can help them understand how low the risk is for them perhaps getting coronavirus. I mean, my, my youngest came home from, he texted me from his journey to school the other day. He goes to school on a ferry, actually, catches a ferry every day. And he texted me and he said, Mom, I just said to someone, I had a tickle in my throat and this kid said to him, oh my God, you've got the coronavirus. So I texted him back and I went, you do not have the coronavirus. And FYI, the coronavirus does not have symptoms of sneezing, sore throat, or runny nose, according to the, the, um, the fact sheet that I got from a fairly official place recently. Apparently those three symptoms are not part of it. So I helped him understand in the moment, while he was on the ferry, that he did not have the coronavirus and that a sore throat was not a symptom of it. So I said, share that nicely with your friend so he understands and he doesn't go into a blind panic about the fact he thinks you've got the coronavirus. Now I say it with a smile on my face. It is a very serious thing. And it's a big deal for our kids to have to process. It's a terrifying thing for them. When I was growing up, I didn't hear about these viruses that were attacking hundreds of people and killing people. But it's a very real thing now. And we hear about it through social media. The kids see it all over Instagram. And then they they get caught up in the drama of it. So we have to help them come down a level. We have to ease their worries. We have to ease their natural worries. And this is how we do it. And in the previous episode, if you haven't listened to it, make feelings your friends and help your kids make their feelings their friends. Help them process the feeling. Help them feel the feeling to move through it. Help them deal with worries. How can you help your worried child? So make sure you've listened to that one if you haven't already. And hopefully this has been helpful to you. And I, if you have any questions, do reach out. And if you would like me to talk about anything on the show, also drop me an email. I always respond to emails. And I will talk about anything and everything, as you know. So share it with friends if this will help. If you know people who've got a child who is more anxious than normal or just kids, share this with them. This is a very relevant topic right now as I record this. So share it with your friends. If you feel it will help them, share. And um, 
I always thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. It means the world to me. I'm super grateful for all of you. If you weren't listening to me, I wouldn't get the opportunity to go through this, to talk, to air my thoughts, to get clarity for myself and help me raise my bar as a parent, which is my my life's purpose right now. And I thank you for that. So till next time, bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.